0: By the way, in the city of the Lord Church, in a church like this one, such things should not be strange. Dear neighbor, such things should not be strange. We are talking about the mountain of God. The mountain of God. Let me just tell you a bit about what kind of preacher I am. So that you understand better why I teach the topics I teach. I want every believer to grow. Every one of you. There is no way you can be in this church two, three years and you can't teach as though you've been to Bible school. Because every one of you is not just a believer. You are a minister. Every one of you must grow. Amen, Florence. What's your name? A friend? Okay, good to see you. Of late, we've been attracting a lot of high school people, so I'm, I'm so excited. Imagine they grab a hold of this in high school how many people are here in high school just raise your hands in high school raise them high it's okay come on raise them high you're so welcome you're so welcome okay you're very welcome so my aim is to my aim is for every believer to grow you know why? Because that's God's aim. Remember the scripture we've been reading? Which scripture is that? Is it 1 Timothy 2.4? What does it say? God who desires for all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. and In the Greek, and come to the epignosis of the truth. And that's why, remember we were reading where the Apostle Paul prayed for the church and his biggest prayer point for the church was that The Lord should grant unto them the spirit of apocalypsis and and Sophia in the epignosis of him. Okay, let's come to English. He should grant them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's the biggest prayer point. That should be your biggest prayer. Because if you can have a revelation of it, you have access to it. Pray that the eyes of your heart should be enlightened. That should be your prayer. That prayer point should never miss any day. Amen. Pray that you can know him beyond knowledge. You see, if you know God beyond scientific knowledge, somebody can't argue you out of what you believe. experiences can't argue you out of what, you, what you've grabbed a hold of in the spirit. And so, I want us to understand something when reading the Bible. This will really help you. When reading the Bible, you have to understand that the revelation of God in the Bible is progressive. There are some things that were written in parables. Some of those things were revealed in the New Testament then there are certain things revealed in the New Testament that you will only appreciate if you can see them in the Old Testament as well. For example, you can never fully appreciate the book of Hebrews if you've not read the book of Leviticus. Why? Because the book of Hebrews talks about the priesthood. It talks about how Jesus is our high priest. You will not understand that if you've not read about the priests in the book of Leviticus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There are certain things you will not properly understand in the new unless we start from the old. Now somebody is saying, how do I know these things without somebody teaching me? That's why you have to come to church. That way you find your mind is open and everything is open for those things to happen. Amen. Somebody say glory to God. Okay. so the revelation of God in the Bible is progressive if you don't understand that you'll be comparing yourself to people in the old if God is against polygamy why did Solomon have 1,000 wives is it 700 wives and I don't know how many wives did he have 700 wives and 300 concubines. Then you also want to... But don't you notice, that's why when Jesus came, he began correcting things. Have you noticed the way Jesus would speak? He would say, for he made them male and female. Remember when Jesus comes, he says, Uh, no they came and saying I think they were talking about divorce and Jesus said no the only reason we, we, we put this was because of the hardness of your hearts otherwise that's not the way it was in the beginning it was not so in the beginning and he begins to explain for in the beginning he made them male and female not male and females or females and male or males and one female Okay. Interesting, eh? Of all days for her to go for work, eh? Because in my notes it says for car, it's not really a sister or anything. It's, it's a friend. So apparently, a former best friend. That's the name. Okay. We'll see what we can do about it of all days to have to go for work <laughs> okay what, where was I? I was saying that's why Jesus would correct a lot of stuff because the revelation of God took a progressive nature and I want, I want you to see this so that you understand Uh, I asked for Colossians 1. Is it... I asked for Colossians 1. I asked for Colossians 26. Give it to me. It says, The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations but has now been revealed to his saints. Uh Uh-huh. Next verse. To them God willed to known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you the hope of glory now notice this thing is called a mystery what does this mean it means that throughout the ages it was hidden it means Abraham didn't know it do you know Abraham didn't know it have you ever read what the Bible says about what Abraham spent his entire life doing do you know why Abraham never built a house? The Bible says he was looking for a city. Let me show you. Hebrews 11. By now you should have found it for me. Somewhere, come on verse something. Kuma verse 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Hallelujah. <laughs> have you found it for me? Just the, the by faith Abraham. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8. Right? By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So there were certain things that were hidden from them. Uh-huh. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise. Next verse. For he waited for the city. What was Abraham spending his entire life doing? Looking for a city. He waited for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He was hoping one day he was going to find this place, and this place is written, the city of the Lord. And hopefully he would enter, and this would be the place he would live in. But the mystery was hidden for them in those days that what God had desired was simple Christ in me, the hope of glory, where you become the house of God. That's why we can go to any building. Of course, we will have our consecrated sanctuary. But right now, we can go anywhere, and it's a church. The moment we are there. The moment two or three are gathered, it's a church. It's anointed. Why? Because the mystery which was hidden was Christ in me. Because God's city is not built by blocks called gold. God's city is built by blocks called people. That's why Peter says, we all as spiritual stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Ah, don't worry, you catch up. Ask your neighbor, are you catching it? We are going somewhere. <laughs> oh, glory. Lord, help me. So what I'm trying to say is that the revelation of God in the Old Testament was progressive. It was, it's been progressive all along. There are things God would do on purpose and that's why God would speak in what are called shadows and types. There are stories which are there in the Bible. Listen, there are so many other people who lived. Why do you think those stories are the only ones God permitted? Why do you think God wanted you to read about Esther? You know, Esther was a queen and she used to slay. (laughs) 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 hallelujah did God want you to read about Esther simply so that you read about a queen who used to slay no 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 there was something deeper he was trying to communicate a deeper message but let's not go deep into that teaching here is more proof that the revelation of God is progressive give me Proverbs chapter 25 Verse 2. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a royal priesthood. Okay, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2. The Bible says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. But the glory of kings is to search out a matter. God in his glory conceals certain matters. But what is your glory as a king? To search those matters out. Yay! <laughs> Something changes the moment we start searching out matters in the scriptures. So the glory of the king is to search out the matter. How many of you have ever read the scriptures and you've seen words like Mount Zion? How many of you have seen words like that? Mount Zion. How many of us have seen the word Mount Zion in the Bible? I thought your favorite verse is those that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. They cannot be shaken. How many of you have seen words like the mountain of God? The mountain of God. How many of you have seen that before? How many of you, this is the first time you're hearing of the mountain of God? Raise your hand. Wow. How many of you, this is not the first time you're hearing about the mountain of God? How many of you just never raised your hand? Just raise it. Just raise it for the sake of raising it. We will not put you in any category. <laughs> I mean, I saying that's why you're the pastor. <laughs> so the mountain of God. Do you know that What it's something I would read about and it would bother me always? Because all throughout the Old Testament, you will notice there is this thing that they would call the mountain of God have you seen the Bible says on Mount Zion there shall be deliverance? It's on the mountain of God. Have you seen in Psalm 24 where it says, who can ascend to the hill of God? He who has clean hands and a good heart. Have you seen where the Bible talks about Lucifer? Is it Ezekiel 28? It says you were on the, is, does it say you are on the mountain? Something about that. There are some scholars who even believe the Garden of Eden was on a high place because the Bible says there was a river that was flowing. But generally, God has for a long time been associated with mountains. That's why there's some people who believe that for them the best place to pray is a mountain. Is there anything wrong with praying on a mountain? No. Does it make the prayer have a better signal? No. Guys, I'm both thinking I think the mountain is somewhere there, so the signal to heaven. At least there when you he say, God! Dear. Then you hear, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say hi! Hallelujah! <laughs> You catch it. But there was a time when certain things that we experience in the spiritual now could only be experienced in the physical then. In short, if you wanted to go seek God, you had to go to Jerusalem. Let's be honest. As much as we would all love to travel to Israel, the chances are that not every believer will travel to Israel in their lifetime. Uh, let's be honest. Glory to God. I know people love that. They go, uh, get baptized in the Jordan uh, and, and the like. Um, I've just wondered how it feels. If I'm the one who baptized during a swimming pool here in Zambia, then you send me a photo of you being <laughs> baptized in the Jordan. <laughs> so it's a baptism here to. We want to brand you. Speaking of baptism, We are baptizing in October. Um, Listen. If you are not baptized, I don't know what you're scared of. But here's the thing. If you are not, if you are born again, you must be baptized. You know why? That's like, uh, how Baptism is symbolic. Baptism is like a wedding ring. It's like a wedding ring. It's a symbolic announcement to the world that you've died with Jesus and you've been risen with Him. A wedding ring is not what makes you married, but definitely you wouldn't. You're going to put that thing on. You're going to show it off. Not so. And also, if you don't put that thing on, you might offend your spouse. Jesus was baptized, all the apostles were baptized your pastor is baptized, let me forget my point, you have to be baptized I don't know why some people have made it so mystical, no I'm not ready, you're not ready for what? what are you not ready for? are you born again? yes, you want to be baptized, I'm not ready you're not ready for what? exactly can you all register for baptism today? you're not baptized hallelujah Talk or stand please those not baptized register with her today somebody may be saying apostle i've not attended baptism classes people of god jesus didn't attend baptism classes listen there's nothing wrong with baptism classes nothing wrong with them however do you know what they used to do in the bible they would preach to you the moment you get saved They won't even ask, have you come with extra clothes? You are just getting saved dearly. All 3,000 in the water, out, go to your houses. You go home, wait. No, uh, 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 uh. you, they didn't care whether you had a phone in your pocket or the like. Everyone was baptized the same day. You know my favorite scripture on baptism? It's the one for the Ethiopian eunuch. Isaiah meets an Ethiopian eunuch. and No, not Isaiah, uh, Philip. And he explains to him the gospel. And then the Ethiopian eunuch looked at him and said, look, there is water there. What should hinder me from being baptized? And then the man just looked and said, do you believe in the Lord Jesus? Yes. Okay, let's go. That's how he was baptized. In case you wanted to know, that's your baptism lesson. So baptism lesson done. The only thing you need to be baptized is Look, here is water. What can hinder me? So somebody may be asking, why don't we baptize people every week? Lack of water. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. That's why when we build our own place, we'll have a cheap... Hallelujah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about the mountain of God. <laughs> every after service, we'll be entering the water. <laughs> that bad was it a, yes! Somebody may be saying, well, I was baptized as a baby. We don't do that here. Why? Because the Bible says, whoever believes and is baptized. Then it says, how will they call upon him whom they've not believed? And how will they believe without a preacher? In short, the only... People who qualify to be baptized are those who believe. Babies don't believe. Don't worry, they'll not go to hell if you don't baptize them. That, that's, that, that, that's, that's not true. In the Bible, what happened with babies? who were dedicated, not baptized. That's the Bible, people of God. That's the Bible. And at the end of the day, <laughs> as a ministry, that's what we believe. Glory to God. If somebody may be saying, Oh, I got baptized, you know, just for fun. I was not born again. We'll baptize you again. Because that was a bath. And you know what the word baptism means? It means to be fully immensed. Meaning your entire body has to go into the water. Imagine you go for a funeral and you're burying someone, you leave the hand out. That's not baptism. Because baptism, read Romans 6 for it's symbolic of being. Buried with Christ and raised to life with Him. So please, we're already starting to go to the gym. Don't disappoint us. We're preparing our muscles. We're baptizing everyone who's not baptized. Some of you don't get shocked and I send you a message. Dear God, let's, please make sure we're asking everyone Are you baptized? Are you baptized? Let that be the question. Can you ask your neighbor right now Are you baptized? And you know what we're going to do when we baptize you? We'll take a photo. And we'll demand you post it on your timeline. So that all those to my stalkers, all those, all those, to, my, all those to my people who like inviting you for to my places. No. I know you don't do this anymore, but it's my birthday day. You, you will just be drinking Coca-Cola. You'll just be sending them the like photo. Actually. <laughs> Unfortunately, (laughs) the rules have changed. Hallelujah. Somebody say glory. Okay, I'm taking my time because I want you to understand. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. You have to understand that throughout the Old Testament, God spoke a lot through shadows and types. You will not understand the Bible if you don't understand the concept of shadows and types. That's not coming from my head. Give me Colossians chapter number one. Holy words preserved. Give me verse 16. In this world the Bible says Give me verse 17. I think what I want is verse 18. 18. People, which scripture do I want? Is it 2? My people need to get it. I I stopped assuming people know these things. Okay, Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. Let he who has never forgotten the exact scripture cast the first stone. (laughs) Hey, you can find the stone falls from heaven. (laughs) No, I didn't mean you. (laughs) The Bible says, (laughs) hey, this one, this one, this is what the Bible says, and it's up to you. It's up to you to allow who can judge you. The Bible says, let no one judge you in food, or in drink, or regarding a festival, or a new moon, or Sabbath. Some people believe you should celebrate your birthday. Some people don't believe you should celebrate your birthday. Let those who want to celebrate their birthday, do it to the glory of God. Let those who don't want to, not do it to the glory of God. Hallelujah. And then those who do it to the glory of God. Some people believe um, you should not eat uh, some people believe you shouldn't eat pork. Others believe you should eat pork. Let those who eat pork give thanks to God before eating. Let those who don't eat it give thanks before they eat whatever they eat. I'm forgetting my point. But then you who eats and you know there's nothing wrong. Don't go eat it in the face of the person who's offended by it. There's nothing wrong. Colossians chapter. No, you're not also being a good Christian. (laughs) You're also not being a good Christian if you do that. And it says, let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival. Some people believe, let's celebrate Christmas. Others believe, if you celebrate Christmas, you're worshiping an idol. No one will go to hell for celebrating Christmas. And to the pure, and know all things are pure. If I'm celebrating that the Lord came on that day, but maybe he came in April... (laughs) as long as i'm celebrating that the lord came you see the fact is jesus was born although what matters also is now how you celebrate it i don't know if you're getting my point Good church you don't want to attend but i thought you're celebrating jesus's birthday no, no 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 but all the brides somehow your face shows up whose birthday are you celebrating? jesus's or your stomachs hallelujah <laughs> but now look at what he goes on to say uh-huh Which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ, meaning those things were a shadow, they were pointing at, they were a reflection of something bigger. They were a reflection of something bigger, for example. What does the word Sabbath mean? It means rest, right? And then, what does Jesus do one day? He comes and says to me all you who are weary and I will give you Sabbath will anyone go to hell because they believe a day should be honored above another no God doesn't get angry because somebody as long as they're doing it to the glory of God but you see, Jesus has made things so uncomplicated that someone's salvation is not dependent on that. You know why? If it was, all of us would have a problem, including a lot of people who believe in that day. You know why? They would, you know why because there was a specific food you had to eat. There's a specific way you had to prepare it. A specific time you had to prepare that food. And a specific way you had to celebrate it. hey, You understand why despite all of those guys having all those laws, guess what the Bible comes to say? All have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Meaning even the Jews failed. That's why you'll notice that when the Gentiles came to Christ, the Jews discussed among themselves and they said, you know what? Should we give them a bed in which we ourselves failed to keep? Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, we are talking, eh? I'm, I'm trying to break into the sermon. But I'm trying to get us to have the same mindset. So what I'm trying to say is that the Bible is full of shadows and types. And the trouble comes in when you worship a shadow. But then don't realize that the substance of it is Christ. Meaning the fullness of something is revealed when you look at the person of Jesus. Because the Bible says the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. Hallelujah. Shadow of things to come, but the substance is Christ. So, the, in the Bible, you find a lot of shadows and types. Let me give you an example of a shadow and a type. There are certain details that were revealed about Adam and Eve, which was God poetically telling us about Jesus and the Church. When Adam wanted a wife, he fell into a deep sleep. First, you know, he had tried, he checked, he discovered he was not compatible with the lion, he was not compatible with this one, not compatible with this one. So, by the way, if, you, if you've genuinely been trying, but you just keep, yeah, with this one, you're yeah, with that one, you're yeah, with that one, you're yeah, with that one, perhaps like a deep sleep. Just like a short deep sleep. Maybe we can go into a ban. Anyway, just take like a deep sleep hallelujah (laughs) not (laughs) in the same year we've seen you post five loves of your life even diss the haters from before all the rest they are just caretakers, this one and then when we come ask you what happened, hey, why don't people mind their own business, you showed us your business it became our business, we are emotionally involved We contributed by liking. We even put a hat. (laughs) What am I talking about? Notice how Adam, God tells him, he goes into a deep sleep. When he went into a deep sleep, Have you noticed how God opened up his flesh and then formed his wife? The only man who gave birth to his wife eh? (laughs) in a way. (laughs) Although it was a C section. (laughs) You think (laughs) God is the one who started surgery. Except for him in surgery, he left no scars. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) May God do a divine surgery on someone today. Where that growth just falls off. No scar. And then, notice how for Jesus to have his wife, he had to go into a deep sleep, he had to die. Then observe how, What's been happening? As we speak, the bride has been left in the hands of the matron. And the bride is being beautified. And then when Jesus comes, he will say the same thing Adam said. Because the Bible tells us in Ephesians that we are preparing for a glorious church. And he, Jesus will say the same thing Adam said. He will say, This is flesh of my flesh, born of my bone. This is my church. They know my teachings. They've been conquering. So you'll notice that th- those are shadows and types. Another example of a shadow and type is Moses. Because the Bible says, talked about Moses and said, he will be a, I'll raise another prophet like you. Do you remember what Aaron and Miriam had a problem with Moses with? They had a, they had a problem that he married a gentile wife. Why do you think God got angry? It was simple. Because that was symbolic of what would happen with Christ and the church. It was symbolic of the fact that the Gentiles would come also into the union. We are the Gentiles, by the way. (laughs) In case you didn't know. I've given you example after example. Now that we've got an appreciation of shadows and types, there's one I always tell you, the Joseph one. You know it, not so. You know how Joseph came to his own and his own received him not? Who does that remind you of? Jesus came to his own. And what did his own do? Received him not. You know how his own threw him into a pit? What does that remind you of? That reminds you of a grave. You know how from the pit, of course, after one or two things, he found himself in a prison. What does that remind you of? Hell. Hell. And you know how from the prison, he found himself seated at the right hand of Pharaoh. And because he was seated at the right hand of Pharaoh, he was able to save his brethren. But not just the Jews, he was also able to save the Gentiles. What does that remind you of? He's now seated at the right hand of the Father. Yes. Yes, uh, uh, we can give example after example after example you can talk about ruth you can talk about naomi you can talk about how naomi had to go on a three-day total fast before she appeared before the king to give a request on behalf of everyone jesus had in the grave three days and three nights and then he appeared before god to represent us all as our intercessor hallelujah what are those those are shadows and types but the substance of them is Christ Hallelujah so one shadow and type is called the mountain of the Lord let's look at the mountain of the Lord what is the mountain of the Lord where do we find it in scripture Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Now, let me announce it here, by the way. We have noticed as a leadership that we have a lot to teach, but we don't always have much time. So we've decided in the month of December we're gonna have a two-day camp. Okay. Can I tell you my favorite session of that camp? All phones aside. Then we'll have sessions for just praying. And then we'll wake you up at 04 to pray. Why haven't people screamed? <laughs> That day we'll see those who when they wake up early, they wake up with (laughs) tumamoods. There are some people who don't like to be disturbed from their sleep. You shake them. Fire! Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Oh, Lord, I'm feeling it. You understand, sir. Okay, D sharp. Rest in G. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro. His father-in-law. The priest of Midian. Uh, Moses is one of those guys who won his wife simply through bravery. Like he found some people trying to bully her. And he protected her by the way i believe as men that's really what we should do if we find anyone trying to use their strength to take advantage of women let's be the ones who stop and say excuse me what's going on hallelujah let's be like that amen not 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 on your watch As Moses did, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, in the Bible, the word Horeb. Majority of theologians believe the word Horeb, and the word Sinai, are used simultaneously. In short, sometimes you see it as the mountain of Horeb. Sometimes you'll see it as the mountain of Sinai. Somebody say, Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, if you know that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the honor of you as a king to search a matter, shouldn't that bother you? Shouldn't it click like, oh, what are they talking about? Like, What, what do they mean, Horeb? Why would a mountain be called the mountain of God? Why is it the mountain of God? What's so good about this mountain? And well, if it's still there, I want to go there. I mean, if it's the mountain of God, then hey. And I want you to see something. Give me verse 12. Now, how many of you know God then gives Moses a message? He says, go and speak to the Jews. Go get them and the like. And look at the first thing God says. Uh Uh-huh. Verse 12. I will certainly be with you and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. Look at the greatest sign God gave Moses that he has sent him. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. That's why you notice that the first place Moses led the people was not to the promised land the first place he led them was to the mountain listen what Moses did was this in his head he's saying look I encountered God on this mountain so if I get the people before I can take them to the promised land I need to take them to this same place where I have also encountered God so they can also encounter God As a matter of fact, Moses had a prayer. He had a desire which can only be fulfilled now. He had a desire that everyone should see God. He had a desire that everyone should hear him. He even said, Lord, I wish there were all prophets. In short, his desire was not to be the superstar. who is the only one who hears God. His desire was to have everyone. Everyone in this place encountering God. Everyone in this place. We may not even have time. But everyone in this place last night had a dream. You find everyone in this place had a visitation from an angel. You find everyone in this place, this one is hearing this, this one is hearing this. When we say, okay, let's lift our hands to worship, and you know, they're leading us in song. Great are you, Lord. This one is experiencing this. This one is hearing this. This one is feeling this. This one is sensing this. Some for themselves, some from their neighbor. some for this. Someone is just seeing the glorious Jesus. That's the kind of church that Moses wanted. And you know the reason why that church was stubborn? One of the reasons. I feel to an extent they viewed God as Moses' God not as their God. They would say, you go pray to your God. Go do this, go do this, go do this. If he's only my God, I'll be the only one enjoying church. And your enjoyment will be subject to whether I've prophesied to you or not. Now, what if that day I only have a word for your neighbor? Does that mean you enjoy him? What if you've come to church looking for a word? And that day, I, on somehow, I just don't see any... Like the way Elisha just knew nothing about that lady when she came. Nothing completely. Don't you think he wants to be your God as well? Do you know the kind of church God desires? If you've read in the book of Hebrews, is it chapter 8? And also read in the book of... Uh, yeah, in hebrews chapter 8 have you noticed what god promised he said this is the covenant i will make find it for me i think it's verse twelve. this is the covenant i will make with the house of israel have you found it this is the church god wants it's the kind of city of the lord church he wants have you found it so is it hebrews eight twelve. give me eight twelve. Eight 12. 8 11 8 12. Really to be praised. That's one of my favorite songs. You know why? I love the line. It's an honor just to stand before mm-hmm. you. Call me. Call me. For I will be merciful to their righteousness. Their sins and lawless deeds I'll remember no more. Let's go on. In that day, he says a new covenant he has made. Making the first obsolete. Give me verse 11. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least to the greatest of them. Imagine a church where from the youngest person to the oldest person. No one has to say, No, guys, the Lord is here. Imagine that. That can only happen if everyone has had a personal encounter, if everyone has had a personal revelation. So God tells Moses, back to Exodus 3 God meets Moses on this mountain called Horeb, also called Sinai, and he tells him, saying, look, this mountain, the sign will be, when you lead these people out, you'll bring them to this mountain and you'll serve me here. And so Moses first led the people to the place he encountered God. How many have noticed that I struggle to start ministering without having some time in worship? You know why? That's the place I encountered him from. So where better to take you than where I've met him? Because I know that if you can encounter what I've encountered and experience what I've experienced, this will be easy. amen so that's why we worship a lot that's why we're having 100 minutes of prayer because that's where we've encountered him and please make use of the church groups I'm not sure if it was announced yet but to prepare for that Those people at different capacities will fast from Tuesday to Thursday. So, I'm presenting this to you. That if I've met God on the mountain, he doesn't want me to be the only one there. Like we can all go there. It's interesting. I understand by the way, notice, I understand the revelation. I do. I do. I understand the revelation behind the God of my father. I understand the revelation. I understand it. However, it's a very, can I be honest with you? That revelation from the way I've seen it from the scriptures, it seems to me that it's more situational for example Elisha Elisha comes before the waters and then because Elijah had done that miracle before Elijah had related with Moses with with God in such a way that the waters could part he comes and says where now is the God of my father and a situational miracle happened However, however, don't you find it interesting that when God introduced himself to Moses, he introduced himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But when you read later on when, when Miriam and Aaron angered Moses, have you noticed what God says? Don't you know this guy is my friend? Don't you know this guy is somebody I relate with personally? Let me just sort that out quickly. What's my point? My point is you need to come to a place where you move from him being the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob to him being able to say this is my friend. So, in as much as there is a place for this is the God of my Father, don't you think the desire of Jesus has always been that when you lift up your hands, you will say, Our Father? That's a place of relationship, where you personally relate with Him. And that's why. He said, you bring them to the mountain. So what else do we need to know about a mountain? A mountain in those days symbolized a place where heaven could interact with earth. That's why even the witches of those days, what would they use? Mountains. Because a mountain is a high place. So a mountain symbolizes a place where heaven could interact with earth. Somebody say the mountain of God. Turn to your neighbor and say the mountain of God. <laughs> the mountain is where Moses had the biggest encounters he had with God. Because there are certain encounters God gave him in private. The mountain is where Moses was given the Ten Commandments. It was all on the mountain. It's on the mountain where your destiny is revealed. It's on the mountain where things become clearer. It's on the mountain where things begin to make spiritual sense. And that's why when people heard about this mountain and they really wanted to go there they would sing Ife too late. I've got a feeling that's a song they would sing when they were I've got a a feeling that's a song they would sing remember that time when they said sing us one of the songs of Zion I've got a feeling that's a song they sang because we're waiting to go there one day so the mountain one or two points then we continue not sure whether I'll we'll continue on Friday or on Sunday. Exodus 19, verse 14. I would be helped if we could start from a bit earlier. How many of us have, at least to an extent, understood that there was something called the mountain of God? And this is where Moses met God. And God told Moses that when you've gotten the people from Egypt, you will bring them to the mountain. Okay, I'll. The mountain of God. Ah, Have you learned something so far? How how much further can I go today? Let me see the time. Okay, one or two more points. Of late. (laughs) Exodus 19. And I want us to see something. In Exodus chapter number 19, God decided. How many of you are curious about this mountain? Like, let me, let me know so that I know that to go How many of you are saying, I really want to know about this mountain of God? Like, like I don't, I don't mind going for a prayer camp on that mountain. How many of you are saying, this mountain of God is there, I would like to go there. How many of you are saying, I would save up money to go to this mountain? Hallelujah. The mountain of God. Somebody is saying, but the book, The Return from the Mountain. Now, how can you return from something you've never been on? Exodus chapter number 19. Let's read from verse 10. Now, a few things you must know about the mountain of God is that not everyone could go there. Not everyone could go on the mountain. It was restricted. And from verse 10 Then the Lord said to Moses Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes. They had to wash their clothes for going to the mountain. Next verse Let them be ready for on the third day the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. They had to consecrate themselves for three days. Shadows. And types. Uh Uh-huh. You shall set bounds for the people all around saying, take heed to yourselves that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. For whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. If you remember the teaching on the tabernacle and the holy of holies, the mountain was like that. God says, okay, fine, I'm going to come down on the mountain, but nobody should dare touch it. First, let them all look presentable. Let them wash their clothes. Let them consecrate themselves for three days. Then they should come and, buy, and let them come to the mountain and nobody should even touch it. Even if, even if their animal touches it, let that animal die. Uh-huh. Not a hand shall touch it. As in the person who touches the mountain, you're not even supposed to touch him. You're supposed to stone him from a distance. That's how holy it was. Not a hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot with an arrow. Whether man or beast, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near the mountain. So when the trumpet sounds, you are now allowed to come near. Let's go. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people and they washed their clothes. Their clothes must have been a little dirty. People they were in the desert. I don't know what product they used though. Uh-huh. And say to the people, be ready for the third day. Do not come near your wives. That's how deep the consecration was. they were not even allowed to come near their wives. Uh-huh. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings. Doom, 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 doom effect. There were thunderings. There were lightnings. If you look there. (laughs) For once we have used for it. eh? So there were thunderings. There were lightnings. And a thick cloud on the mountain. And the sound of a trumpet was very loud. And people said, God is quiet. So that all the people who came to the camp trembled. Ha ha. Uh, this one was the moment. It was, Our God is a lost, our God. Just one of those. Da-da-da. And you can imagine all the people saw the awesomeness of God. There was nothing there like, I can only imagine. Bloody. everyone was afraid. There was no, oh Lord, you're beautiful. Nothing. There are certain times where God reveals himself in a certain way. For a moment, you forget the love relationship. Everything is like, hey. Isaiah checked himself checked as the guy found no I've got a green lips the guy that's how it's going and Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the foot of the mountain Uh-huh. now mount Sinai notice it's now mount Sinai remember what I said Horeb and was completed, was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked greatly. Uh And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him by voice. My friend, may God answer you by voice. Hey, on the mountain, the Lord answers you by voice. And the Lord came down on Mount Sinai, on the top of the mountain. And the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. Where did everybody else remain? Down. Where did Moses go? Up. If you've read in the scriptures, when he came down, what happened? They were afraid of him. They had to put a veil on his face because the glory was shining. But they couldn't comprehend what he was seeing. Now, someone may ask, Apostle, why are you teaching us this stuff? Simple. Simple. Because there are so many people who have remained at the foot of the mountain and only Moses is walking up. Ask your neighbor, where are you? Allow me a few more moments to wrap this up. The series is long. The poster says 1130. So I think from now on, let's just set it up. Huh? Because I've got a lot to say. So there is this thing called the mountain of God and you find in the book of Exodus it was a literal mountain. But we've come because we've read Colossians we've got an understanding of shadows and types of which the substance is Christ. So we have an understanding that this was a sign to show the kind of life people will live. But how come only Moses could come on the mountain? How come only Moses could go up what about the rest? Did they have a chance? Maybe. Psalm 24, verse 3. many of you would like to go up the mountain. Raise your hands and say, I would like to go up the mountain. That's what the Bible says. Who may ascend into the hue of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? Look at this. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully. Maybe give me Psalm 15. So notice that it starts being revealed progressively that Moses is not the only one who should go up this mountain. Perhaps there are more people who can go through. And so qualifications start being said. Okay, maybe at least if your hands are clean, if this and this, if this and that, then you can pass through the mountain. Psalm 15, verse 1. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? Uh-huh. He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. Now, let me tell you the trouble. The trouble is that it means, if we had to remove the aspect of salvation which was not yet revealed to them, then we are all disqualified. Because if we are all to be honest with ourselves, if we're just to look within our hearts and say, Let me just be honest, you'll find that at one point or another in our life, we've missed the mark. At one point or another in our life, we've fallen short. And that's why Romans says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So meaning, by our own standards, even if you are to use your own self-righteousness, Bible says it's like filthy rags. So it means somehow. Who knows? Maybe some might be able to reach 10 kilometers before. Maybe some here have really, really tried their best, might be able to reach two kilometers before. But for us to go up that mountain, maybe we we'll would need what Moses had. You know what Moses had? He was caught by God. God actually told him come. So he was permitted. Because somehow, there is at least one reason why anyone here should be disqualified for it. As you keep reading the scriptures, you begin to realize, now the word Zion starts coming in. Mount Zion, Mount Zion, Mount Zion. And it seems to also be talking about the mountain of God. Then as you keep reading the scriptures... You begin to realize that this mountain was never meant to just be physical. There is something spiritual about it. Or if you are hungry, I will show you. Is anyone hungry? Because I don't know about you, but I want to go on this mountain, don't you? Look Look at the following scriptures. You begin to see that this mountain is actually spiritual. Isaiah 2. Isaiah 2. It would take me an entire series just to teach this part, but just for the sake of everyone. Verse 1. Isaiah 2 verse 1. The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Look at this. Uh It shall come to pass in the latter days. Which days are we in? The latter days. That the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountain and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. So the prophecy about the last days is not just about the Holy Spirit coming. The prophecy about the last days is about the mountain of the Lord's house being established. Wait, let's go on. Maybe let me show you another one. Go to the book of Micah chapter 4. I found so many of these because to to teach you I had to study for several hours. Micah chapter 4 verse 1 now it shall come to pass in the latter days which days the latter days which days are we in how do we know because in acts 2 peter said this is fulfilled when he was quoting a scripture about the latter days so it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the lord's house shall be established at the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and peoples shall flow to it so the mountain of the lord's house Verse 2. And many nations. Those who were in the evangelism yesterday. I was teaching you about nations. Somebody say nations. And many nations shall come and say. Come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. To the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. And we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem i feel like i'm reading that more passionate than you are receiving it i i, I think somebody is not getting it here can you imagine this mountain which all israelites were rejected to go on for moses to go he had to be caught up the psalmist starts discussing who can go there and he says hey people who are clean I and mean, only babies will go there they've not had opportunities in fact, maybe even them, they've had opportunities. The mother told them to sleep. They are awake. Zero two. I just wanted to disturb you. But they will say it in baby language. not getting my point. But then a prophecy is given about the latter days. Using the same words that I used about the coming of the Holy Spirit. The prophecy that is given is that there will come a time when the mountain of the Lord's house will be open to all nations. Ha! And notice, these people, it's not that when they were coming to the Lord's house, they already, when they were coming to the top of the mountain, they already knew everything. No, look at what they will say. They will say, let us go up to the mountain. He will teach us his ways. So they may have walked uncleanly. They may have done all the wrong things. But then the, the place of refuge will actually be the mountain. And it's on that mountain that they will learn his ways. You know what else we are talking about that mountain? It says on Mount Zion, come on, give me Obadiah, come on, Obadiah, is it chapter 16? No, verse 16, verse 17. The Bible says, Obadiah chapter 1, On Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance. It's now on the mountain where people will come for deliverance. They will not be running away from the mountain because they've done something wrong. Will, that, the mountain is the place they'll come to for deliverance. And it says, and they shall be holiness. They will not need to be holy to get to the mountain, but getting to the mountain is what will make them holy. And the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Somebody is saying, I want that mountain. Say it again, I want that mountain. Isn't somebody here saying, okay, pastor, just tell us the place, location, let's save up money, let's all get on air tickets. Some of us will walk. We just need to get to that mountain. Is there anybody saying that? Is anybody saying, I'll cross the hardest desert. I'll travel. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but if I heard that mountain currently is in Iraq, we'll find a way. We'll sneak in. <laughs> that mountain. So somebody may be saying, Apostle, you've been talking about this mountain for a long time. Talk to me because I need to know whether I need to go start exercising on how to climb. Now this is where you get the connecting part where you will get it. Look at John 4. Father, did I overstudy for this one? John 4. Yeah, 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 yeah. Revelation opens doors. You find this mountain has been available all along but because you never had a revelation of it Revelation John chapter 4 verse 20 now look at this this woman wants to experience God genuinely and she asks the same question we ask each other she says, our fathers worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews say that Jerusalem is a place where one ought to worship. The biggest debate nowadays is what's the best way to worship? Which way of worship makes God feel happier? No. You guys say we should worship on Sunday. I say we should worship on Saturday. You guys say you should raise your voice to volume 15. I say it should be volume 2. You say, I don't know if you're getting my point. You guys say Lift your hands for three hours Otherwise you've not prayed I say kneel down for three hours Otherwise you've not prayed You guys say sing rumba songs I say if you want to really worship God Sing rap songs yeah, You guys say sing R&B songs in, in worship form and You know what I mean <laughs> Hallelujah belongs to you but I say, a ballet and this all and this for me that's when I feel it. Guess how Jesus answered that question. Look at what he says. He said to a woman, believe me, there is an hour coming and has now come. Where it won't be about whether you've done for settle. Where it won't be about whether you sang Ara and B or you sang rap. <laughs> Where it won't be about whether you worship using Kalindula or you worship using reggae. Listen, all that stuff won't matter. Look, look at the next verse. He says, When you worship what you don't know, meaning some of these guys were even worshiping what they don't know, they were worshiping worship. But we know that we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Now look at the next verse. A time is coming and now it's when true worshippers will not be about whether they visited Israel or not. When a true worshipper will not be about whether they know Greek or Hebrew. When a true worshipper will be will will not be about (laughs) listen, a time comes when the true worshippers will worship in spirit and in truth. For those are the ones the Father seeking. What does that show you? It means that mountain has moved from the physical to the spiritual. Hey! So if you can catch it in the spirits and then now that you've read about Exodus, you understand the following verse. Give me Hebrews 12, verse 18. How many of you have caught it? By the way, just for the sake of anyone who's confused, Horeb, Sinai, but now we're talking about Zion. It's all the mountain of the Lord. Initially, they would talk about Horeb and Sinai. And when David captured um his city was called Zion. Zion was the city of David. And the mountain which was referred to as Mount Zion is still there today. But that's not where you find him. Because it shifted. It shifted. It's spiritual. It's in the spirit. And the Bible tells us something about this mountain. This is the mountain of, the, of your deliverance. It's a mountain of you possessing your possessions, but above all it's the mountain where you get to know God. How many of you are saying? Apostle, please take me there. How many are saying? I end mean, up going here? Why even wasting time? I've got transport money. Look at what the Bible says, verse 18. Can you all open your Bibles? This is God's message to you. Just to prove that this mountain is truly spiritual. Hebrews 12, verse 18. Oh Lord, I never have to leave the mountain. I can now pitch a tent. For Jesus is living in me. I'll beat your tent in my heart. Are you, are you ready? For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest. Do you now see why I'm saying you won't understand the New Testament if you've never read the old? What is he talking about here? That mountain which they went to, remember what we read? It burned with fire. It was black. And, uh, come on, are you following me? I uh, Say, I'm following. Uh-huh. Let's go. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, so that those who heard begged that the word of God should not be spoken to them anymore. It was so scary that those heard, they begged, saying, okay, God, just be talking to Moses. We are fine. And there are so many believers doing that right now. Yes, there is a very divine place for prophets in the New Testament. Very, very divine. Very, very divine. But the moment you set it on your heart that it's only the prophets who should hear him, even wrong people will arise and they'll control you with unscriptural things. You seem to be, don't know that you can hear God for yourself. Uh-huh. For they could not endure what was commanded, and if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. That's how scary this mountain was. Uh-huh. And so terrifying was the sight that even Moses said, "I am exceedingly afraid and trembling." The same Moses they feared was like, "Hey." Because it was so terrifying. And then the Bible is saying, guess what? That's not the mountain you've come to. What does it go on to say? But you have come to Mount Zion. (laughs) No, no, no. Someone has to catch it. Someone has to catch it. Maybe I need to read it wrongly. But you will go to Mount Zion. But if it out Zion. Because it's in the spirit. So guess what has happened to you? Remember what the Bible tells us? Remember, we read Micah, we read Isaiah, that the Lord's house will be built on the mountain. And it says, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. Hey! listen you may not have visited the earthly jerusalem if you get a chance to go there go there it's beautiful but guess what you have come to the city of the living god and to the heavenly jerusalem and you are not alone there you have come to an innumerable number of angels go on, go on. to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven you have also come to god the judge of all to the spirits of just men made have you caught it and guess what all are welcome because the covenant has changed The law for coming to this mountain has changed. Let me show you how the law is. Hebrews 4. Somebody is saying, Pastor, I've been praying a lot. Good. Make sure you're at the mountain. Pastor, I've been struggling to pray. Go to the mountain. Pastor, I have sinned. Go to the mountain. Pastor, I've been living right. Go to the mountain. Pastor, I feel God has for me, go to the mountain. Pastor, I've been weak. Go to the mountain. You never have to leave it. Because this mountain, your stay there is not based on your weakness or your strength. It's based on who you've believed. And I can prove it to you. Remember, his house is at the top of the mountain. Look at what it says. Hebrews 4, give me verse 16. It says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. Next verse. Or it ends there. Verse 14. Start from verse 14. Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens jesus the son of god let us hold fast to our confessions jesus fulfilled Moses' prayer moses didn't want to be the only encountering god jesus says okay fine let me go to the mountain and since i'm your high priest i'll be the sacrifice for you remember how they all had to wash their clothes and remember how they had to sanctify themselves for three days what does jesus do he says fine let me die my blood can wash them forever because this is, he's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of man. And guess what? He was in the ground three days, three nights. And he was separated from his wife, which is the church. Uh-huh. Yeah. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Meaning, we've got a high priest who knows what it's like to be human. We've got a high priest who knows how hard it can get down here. This is just my thought. I've got a feeling. Who knows? This is just you know me in my imagination. Maybe let's find the believer who is saying, "Hey, ah, Lord, after this funeral, I've just refused. I'm not going to go on." And then God is saying, "Doesn't He know that that person is with me?" I have got a feeling Jesus is saying, "Wait, wait, wait. I know how it's like down there. I knew Lazarus was going to come back, but I wept because we've got a high priest. Come on." We've got a high priest who can sympathize with our weakness. He's felt what it's like to be hungry. He's felt what it's like to be rejected. He's felt what it's like for his own family to abandon him. And so he can sympathize with us in moments of weakness. So what does he say? Everyone, come boldly to the mountain. Just come boldly. And listen, he says, therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may mercy and find grace and help in times of need. The Lord is calling us to the mountain. Here is, what, here is why we started this series. Because the Lord has been telling me that a lot of us are at the foot of the mountain when we belong at the top. Many of us have told ourselves that's as far as we can go. Many of us think That's as far as God wants us to reach. Many of us think these things of experiencing God are for the preacher. Many have remained at the foot thinking we're in the times of Moses. And yet these are the days of Jesus. These are the days where Jesus has come and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You want to get to the Father? Just pass through me. So now with boldness, I can come and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, boom, I'm on the mountain. Someone would say, but Apostle, what about the cleanliness? His blood has washed me. What about the clothes? He's given me a new robe called righteousness. That's where God is calling us to. Father, I've tried. I'm hoping one day they'll clap. Hold on. Hold on. Can I show you one more scripture? Hebrews 10 verse 19 as we're ending. We've now properly started the series. Hebrews 10 verse 19. This is your food for thought. Therefore brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Uh By a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil. That is his flesh. Do you remember how they couldn't see the glory? When Moses would come, he would come shining. And so they would put a veil on him. Now for Jesus, he tore that veil. He's like, see the glory. See it, see it. But I would die. Yes, your flesh dies, but you live. See it, see it, see it. And having a high priest over the house of God. Uh-huh. Let us draw near. It's up to you to decide to draw near. Listen to me. I say this with all humility. For a lot of us right now, you are the reason you're not growing spiritually. You're staying far when you should draw near. It's either that or you just don't have someone to teach you. The feeling on the teaching side, somehow you're cut out. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of our faith and having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. For some of us, the trouble is our conscience haunts us. You want to draw nearer to God, you want to have a better relationship with God. Your conscience is always reminding you, hey, Are you not the one who did that? Are you not? So, because of that, you just stay for. You withdraw. What, what's the Bible saying? Our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. I pray may someone's heart be sprinkled today. And having the boldness to not just walk but run in. Uh-huh. And our body is washed with pure water. So meaning even if you messed up with your body, that same body has been washed with pure water. By the way, are you relating this to Exodus? Where they had to wash. Uh-huh. Let us draw near with a heart full of our neighbors. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. without. For he who promised is faithful. Saints, the next part I'll be teaching is ascending on this mountain. Now that you know you're at Mount Zion, How do you climb up? How do you stay up? How many of you have been blessed by this?